the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. Is it hot enough for you? Oh, it's a little too hot. Mrs. William Jefferson Clinton has a solution for you. Here's what she tweeted today. Hot enough for you? Thank a MAGA Republican. Or better yet, vote them out of office. Did you get that? Republicans are responsible for all those hot days they're having out there in Arizona. You know, in the desert, in the summer. It's been over 110 for a couple of weeks in a row now. And over in Australia, somebody thought it would be a good idea to ask Ian Plymer about all these records that are supposedly being set. He's a geology professor at the University of Melbourne. Well, the media has become obsessed with scaremongering, screaming, the hottest day ever, hottest day in 125,000 years. Let's find out what Ian Plymer thinks about it. Ian, (laughs) where are you, mate? Here you are. Can you hear us? Here he is. Hello, mate. How are you? Oh, I can hear you. Professor Plymer. I'm in Adelaide. Professor Plymer, what did you make of the hottest day ever in 125,000 years? Over to you. Well, that's total BS. These are activists. Uh, You can count on a sawmiller's hand the number of real journalists we have reporting on climate. They didn't tell us that the 1930s in the US was much hotter than now. And it's not hotter now because they've adjusted the figures. They didn't tell us that we've had warmer periods in the medieval times, in Roman times. If they want to go back as far as 125,000 years, let's look at geological time. We've had much hotter times, 600, 500, 400, 200, 150 million years ago. And we've been cooling for the last 50 million years. These activists who call themselves journalists putting these screeching headlines do not do any homework. They don't look at the past and they have no idea about the factors driving climate. This is just scaremongering. Yeah, so you mean Mrs. Clinton might not have done her homework? Who saw that coming? So... Maybe it's a little more complicated than voting out those evil MAGA Republicans. Well, when we come back, another perfectly healthy, well-conditioned, young male athlete almost died from cardiac arrest. We'll be impolite enough to uh, maybe speculate on the possibility that the COVID vaccine had something to do with it. And in our second half hour, more stupidity in Harrisburg on the subject of education. Stick around. If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at DH Tax and Consulting have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE and your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee for free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. That's 833-ERC-FILE. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. This is John Steigerwald. You will receive a queen-size MyPillow 
for $19.98. Regular price is $69.98 and just $10 more for a king size. In addition to this special anniversary offer on the MyPillows, you will also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the queen size MyPillow for $19.98 or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty so you know it's going to last and a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want but need. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call 800-716-8087. My son Finn was born with congenital heart disease. He ended up spending about the first eight months of his life in the hospital. During that time, he endured 10 surgeries, including an open-heart surgery. Starlight Children's Foundation has played an important role in my family's life. For five weeks when he was a baby, Finn lived in a Starlight Hero wagon. You could not understand the pure joy of having him go from a hospital bed into his favorite red wagon. Starlight doesn't just give items that hospitalized kids can use to keep themselves happy, but also memories, moments, and experiences which are so needed in times like these. They allow sick kids to just be kids for a little while. The support that Starlight provides to families like mine is an integral part to creating happiness at a time when there's very little to be found. Learn more about how Starlight Children's Foundation brightens the lives of sick kids by visiting starlight.org today. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800 800- 3532973 now Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-353-2973. That's 800-353-2973. What do you have to lose? Call 800-353-2973. Again, 800-353-2973. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250 the answer. Well, LeBron James' son, Bronny, is 18 years old, probably headed to the NBA after a stop at USC, Southern Cal. That's where he was working out yesterday when his heart stopped. He was unconscious and revived, and now he's in the hospital and I guess is going to be okay. And questions are already being asked about his VAX status. Leslie Manukian is the founder of the Health Freedom Defense Fund, and she'll be looking for answers, and she joins us now. Leslie, thanks for coming on the show. Great to be here with you today, John. So um, let's start with this. What's the Health Freedom Defense Fund and why did you found it? Yes, yeah, so Health Freedom Defense Fund is a nonprofit that's committed to educating people about their rights, especially as pertains to health freedoms, um, advocating for them, helping people learn how to advocate for their rights, and then litigating whenever our rights are infringed. I started Health Freedom Defense Fund because um, I saw what was unfolding in early 2020 after having had a made a documentary film on vaccines in 2011, um, and I was anticipating that things were actually going to get very ugly and that our rights would be infringed because they put in place so much legislation to take away our rights over the last 20 years. And I started Health Freedom Defense Fund so that I could start raising money and assemble a um, crackerjack legal team to really start pushing back. And so we did. We filed our first lawsuit in March of 2021, challenging the Los Angeles Unified School District's um, uh, mandate of the emergency use authorized shot. And they backed down the day after we launched our our uh, lawsuit. So we've been, we're the ones who took down the federal travel mask mandate. You don't have to wear a mask on airplanes anymore because of us. And our whole pursuit is to try and defend your freedoms to enshrine or to really protect American ideals of individualism and health freedom and bodily autonomy. Well, let me thank you then for getting rid of the mask mandate. I, I don't travel on airplanes anymore. I, ref- I, I just, there's no place I want to go badly enough to get on an airplane, maybe ever again. 
But um, uh, just the whole mask thing was such a joke, and uh, it was great that you uh, made the move to get rid of it. I appreciate that. I'm sure everybody does. Um, but um, so what are the chances that the media will show some curiosity about the cause of um, LeBron, uh, Bronny James' cardiac arrest yesterday? <laughs> well, it's interesting. You know, let's not forget that I think it was in January that DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. collapsed had cardiac arrest, and and it took nine minutes to resuscitate him. Then he was transferred to the hospital and had to be resuscitated again at the hospital. Now, they've tried to pass that off as something called commotio cordis, which is what happens when there's a blow to the heart, and it just stops the heart. The thing is, there wasn't a blow to DeMar Hamlin's heart. It was to his shoulder, and it's very specific what happens when um, commotio cordis actually occurs. But you can't argue that because Bronny James was just practicing basketball on a court yesterday morning. From what I understand, there was no contact. And even if there was contact, you can't say it was like a projectile blow to the heart. So um, it's very interesting. This is not the first one, obviously. There have been hundreds, if not thousands, of professional athletes and and amateur athletes who have um, collapsed and died after um, getting the shot. Um, there was just a, a English football, um, English soccer player who was on live TV a couple of days ago commentating on a soccer game somewhere in the United States, and he literally just fell over and collapsed at 54. So I don't know if the media is going to start looking into this, but even if they do, my guess is they'll try and pass it off again as something other than what the most likely cause was, which is the COVID shot. And I say that because it's it's very interesting. They're actually saying that they're finally acknowledging that myocarditis and pericarditis, which are inflammation in the heart muscle itself and in the sac that surrounds the heart, that those things are more common after COVID. We know they're more common after the COVID shots, but they're trying to pass it off as a side effect of COVID. And I just don't think that that's right from all the data that I've reviewed and from all the um, experts that I speak with. But that's what they'll likely try and do, John. Well, we spoke, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about uh, DeMar Hamlin uh, here. He's from Pittsburgh. And um, I, early on, I had one of the top cardiologists in Ohio um, say that he was flabbergasted that the media were not asking uh, Hamlin about it. And since then, I've seen a couple of people actually claim that it was the uh, commotio uh, cordis, but um, according to the doctors that I, a couple of them, but according to this doctor that I had on the show, um, it just, um, he, he's thinking it's just so unlikely that that was the case. Now, here's the thing, and your long and uh, good answer that you just gave me to my question about how the, whether or not the media will show some curiosity, you, were, you used the word they <laughs> several times. Mm-hmm they are going to pass it off, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't disagree with you, but in your mind, who is who is or are they? Well, in this situation, I would say they are the vaccine makers, so the pharmaceutical industry in general and the, the COVID vaccine makers in specific in this case. They own the media. They are the largest lobbyists in, in D.C., so they own Congress to some extent. Um, so it's them, but it's also all of the health authorities, CDC and FDA and the federal government who were pushing these shots long after they knew that they, one, didn't work and two, were not safe. And so I think all of those together with the captured media, like I said, I think the pharmaceutical industry spent $35 billion globally on advertising in 2021 or 2022, I forget which year it was, um, $35 billion. That's more than the GDP of a lot of countries. They literally own the media. And then on top of that, you have the medical organizations like the American Academy of um, uh, the, what's it called? The American Medical Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics. These medical associations, we tend to think of them as pseudo-governmental agencies. And what they really are, are industry trade groups. It's like the coal industry's trade group. And these groups take tons of money from the pharmaceutical industry, millions and millions of dollars. So they're all conflicted, and yet they're the ones who are telling everybody, oh, it couldn't have possibly been the shot. It had to be something else. So that's who the they is in this situation. And let me just say also, 
it's not just the TV. It's all the news and the print. It's, it's literally, it's the only exceptions are people like you and independent media who are asking the genuine questions and trying to get to the bottom of it. And everybody else seems to be bought or conflicted. Now, here's the thing. I, I, again, I don't agree with anything that you said there, but I, what I do have, uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how this works, having worked in the media for a million years. For the media, for, for the pharmaceutical companies to own the media, and I'm uh, not disagreeing with the numbers you threw out there about how much money they spend, are you saying that, that, that there, I mean, it just it seems to me that there should be enough journalists with some integrity left that they are not be, they are not feeling the pressure that may be brought to bear because the, uh, of a sponsor of their news program. Uh, it, it's just it, it, I, I'm having a tough time coming up with a way that the pharmaceutical would uh, companies would translate the money they spend on advertising to getting a reporter uh, to not be interested in finding out what caused Bronny mm-hmm. uh, James to have heart cardiac arrest. Do you know what I'm asking okay, here? Yes, I do. Let me explain in two ways. Number one, in the first decade of the 21st century, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation gave, in air quotes, a billion dollars to the media. And what did they give them that money for? To train them to report accurately on the issues that are important to the Gates Foundation. What are the main issues that are important to the Gates Foundation? Vaccines. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. A billion dollars to train the media. They actually said that. I have the article. It was published in the Seattle Times in 2010, I think. Okay? That's one piece of it. The other piece of it is, and this is something that most people don't realize, the pharmaceutical industry isn't just a small purchaser of advertisements. In fact, um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. reported many years ago that he had breakfast with the executive, chief executive of one of the major networks' news platforms. And during breakfast, that person, that executive told him that 70% of their advertising revenues come from the pharmaceutical industry, and that if any reporter lost one of those accounts for him by their reporting, they would be fired instantly. So this idea that they don't have pull is just not accurate. They are the biggest advertiser, essentially, and they're the biggest lobbyist. And on top of that, um, they, uh, um, they get to advertise on television in this country. Only the United States and New Zealand permit direct-to-consumer advertising of pharmaceuticals. And so they actually do really own our media in a way that's very, very dangerous to American democracy. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any proof to back it up, but I have a lot of suspicions about here in Pittsburgh the power of UPMC, which is a gigantic uh, health uh, service organization here that uh, spends a ton of money advertising locally. And there have been things that have been going on at Pitt that the media, you would think, would be curious about with the harvesting of organs from aborted babies and things like that that just don't make it on the air. And it's the same situation. I I don't know if I can find a reporter who's been told, don't do that story. But at some point at the management level, they just aren't encouraging those kinds of stories on a local level. And and at at the network level, it it could just be... Uh, maybe uh, a forced lack of curiosity. Yeah, well, look at what's look at what's happened to the reporters who do report on this. Cheryl Atkinson, investigative mm. um, reporter at yep. CBS, I think twenty years, award winning, multi award winning, highly mm. accomplished. She left because they wouldn't let her report on what she wanted to report on. She was she was muzzled. Laura Logan, same thing, award winning journalist. You know, been through unbelievable things in in her line of work. And she left because she wasn't allowed to tell, report on the story she wanted to report on. And then you even look at people like Alex Berenson, who used to work at um, the New York Times for yeah, 10 years. Yeah. He, he and many others, Barry Weiss, same thing. These people have left the legacy media because they are not allowed to tell the public what's really going on. And so is it an easy thing to pin down? No, but I think it is perhaps one of the most pernicious problems that we face in this country because there's actually don't let's not forget that the the biden administration actually labeled um uh parents who were challenging school boards domestic terrorists they actually created um uh, uh policy i forget what the actual office was called but it was linking those who challenged the COVID narrative question vaccines etc 
to terrorism. They called them domestic violence extremists. This is part of the Department of Homeland Security. Last year they did this. This is a coordinated effort to literally, I mean, it's tremendously Orwellian to to silence those who are asking questions and to keep the public from knowing what's really going on. The only way that you can really find out is by accessing the independent media, frankly. We're talking to Leslie Manuki, and she's the founder of the Health Freedom Defense Fund. Um, Leslie, uh, what kind of numbers do you have to support the idea that, I guess, um, maybe Bronnie James' vaccine status should be maybe the first question asked? Well, listen, we already know that the vaccines themselves, the COVID-19 vaccines, carry warnings that young men are the most likely to suffer adverse cardiac conditions from the shots. They already carry that warning. It should be the number one reason that we, you know, the number one thing that we look to when we consider what might have happened. Healthy, ultra healthy 18 year olds don't just have their heart stop for no reason. Right. It doesn't just happen, but it's been happening with a with a frightening, I mean, just truly alarming, um, alarming uh, regularity in the last two years. And so given that the FDA has already acknowledged this, given that CDC has already acknowledged this, this should be the first thing that we're looking towards. And here's the other thing. LeBron James himself posted publicly that he had taken the shot in California. Two thirds of teenagers took the shot. In the wealthy L.A. communities where the Jameses live, it's higher than two-thirds of teenagers who got it because they're excluded from social and public activities if they don't get it. I think the chances of them having had it are super high. And the we know from our own federal regulatory agencies that young men of his age are the most likely to suffer an adverse reaction, and it's most likely to be a heart issue. So, I mean... I think any thinking person would say, we need to find this out. We need to actually look there first. And the question is, will they test him to find out if he's got myocarditis? Will they test him to see if he's got pericarditis? What will they, what kinds of tests will they run on him and how forthright will they be? Because it was very interesting what happened with Damar Hamlin. Commotio cordis does not align with what happened to Damar Hamlin in any way, shape, or form. Nope. That is usually from a projectile hitting, striking straight into the heart at around 40 miles an hour. It's not about a blow to a shoulder. It doesn't happen after you stand up. It's instantaneous, and it doesn't happen again once you get to the hospital. So, I mean, I think that, unfortunately, there are people who act as spokespersons for the medical industry and the vaccine industry in particular who are spinning these stories in order to maintain a narrative instead of focusing on what the most likely culprits are, and those are the shots. Well, just so you know, I mean, you probably do know, but I've said it here many times, if um, if Damar Hamlin had cardiac arrest because of a hit in the game, in a hundred years of the NFL and millions and millions of hits, he is the only person ever in the history of the National Football League, to have cardiac arrest as a result of a hit. There's no other record of it ever. That's, that's a lot of hits, uh, Leslie. A lot of people being banged into since the 1920s. And, John, and let's not forget that he was not banged into in his heart. No. Emotio Cortis requires that the, you, that the impact to the chest be right over the heart to shock the heart. That is not what happened to Jamar Hamlin. And the other thing is... It does not happen. It's not a delayed reaction. So there's, yes, it has, it's never happened ever before in 100 years of the NFL, and it's never happened in the way that they're trying to claim it happened. So I'm sorry, but I'm not buying what they're selling on that one. Well, I'm out of time. I appreciate the work you're doing, and let's see what happens. Maybe we'll have you on again after we see what happens here with uh, Bronny James. Hope he's okay and all that stuff, but let's find out the truth. Yes, very much so. Thanks for having me, John. Okay, that's Leslie Manuki, and she's the founder of the Health Freedom Defense Fund. I'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Federal Reserve expected to raise interest rates again this week. But some analysts wondering if 
This will be the last increase in the fight to tamp down inflation. There's new optimism that the Fed can pull off a so-called soft landing, curbing inflation without causing the deep recession that had been feared over the past year. Wednesday's expected increase would be the 11th, but economists at Goldman Sachs and Deutsche Bank are lowering their odds of it triggering a recession. Inflation numbers have been coming down, and consumers are seeing drops in prices for used cars, furniture, appliances, and clothing. I'm Jackie Quinn. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in a car accident today while traveling to a campaign event in Tennessee. The governor was not injured. The Dow ahead 69 points and the Nasdaq up 129. This is SRN News. The government is spying on you. No surprise, I know. But did you know the banks are helping them? And did you know that withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Let Swiss America educate you about this. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government, and they report any behavior they think is suspicious. You'll be shocked when you read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. This new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. You must read the secret war on cash. Get your free copy by calling or texting 800-266-6082. That's 800-266-6082. This war on cash is growing daily, and it also includes all forms of digital money. So please get and read the secret war on cash free by calling or texting right now at 800-266-6082. That's 800-266-6082. Message and data rates may apply. AM 1250, The Answer, The Mike Gallagher Show. He's your happy conservative warrior. Democrats ought to be enraged at this. Because guess what? If Trump survives this in terms of his freedom and the court process and he gets elected, I hate to break it to you, he's coming after you. You know Donald Trump. You think he's just going to let this roll off his back? Breaking news and what to make of it. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekday mornings at 9, right before Del Walmsley at noon on AM 1250, The Answer. Attention taxpayers, ready for some bad news? With $80 billion in new funding from Congress, the IRS has launched their most aggressive hiring campaign ever to ramp up enforcement. If you're ignoring your taxes, don't delay another minute because your paycheck, your bank account, even your home or business could already be at risk. Now, here's the good news. Optima Tax Relief, America's number one tax relief firm, can get to work immediately, helping to protect you from the IRS. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, their tax attorneys and licensed professionals are experts at resolving tax problems. Let them help determine if you qualify for the Fresh Start Initiative or other powerful IRS tax assistance programs. Take control. Call Optima Tax Relief now for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're looking outside of big corporate control. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something worth watching. The new Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. SNC is home to Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Watch anytime on any screen, free 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250. The answer. Weather. It will be clear and humid for tonight. We'll reach a nighttime low of 64. Very warm and humid tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Expect a thunderstorm in spots of the afternoon at a high of 89. It'll be humid tomorrow night with a late night thunderstorm, the low 72. Humid Thursday with some sunshine. We'll reach a high Thursday of 88. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Hard to believe that schools will be back in session in about a month. Um, It'll be business as usual in Pennsylvania. Zip codes will still determine where kids go to school, no matter how bad the school might be. That was expected to change when Josh Shapiro took over as governor, but he reneged on a promise. Phil Kirpin of uh, AmericanCommitment.org 
has been a big proponent of school choice, and he joins us now. Phil, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks. So uh, this is all about the teachers' unions, right? Well, I kind of think it has to be uh, when you consider that uh, this is exactly what Governor Shapiro campaigned on. And, and just so the people, I'm sure most of your listeners know, but just for the few that don't, we're talking about the Lifeline scholarships, $100 million, uh, not out of the public school budget, separate money that was supposed to pay for scholarships for poor kids in the worst performing schools in the state, the worst performing 15% of schools in the state, uh, scholarships for poor kids to get out of those schools and get into a private school. Uh, not only did he campaign on it, but like last month he was on Fox News saying how he was for it and he was going to do it and he made the deal uh, with Senate Republicans to put it in the budget and it was all set to go. And then, you know, you, your head had to be on a swivel because he spun completely around the other way. He put out this ridiculous veto statement where he said, you know, I, I still support it, but I'm going to veto it because I can't get a single House Democrat to vote for it, which is the most laughable excuse I've ever heard in my life. The idea that not one of the hundred House Democrats would vote for something that the governor of their own party supports when eight or ten of them have voted for school choice bills in the past. Uh, I don't buy it for a second. I think what happened is uh, somebody sat him down and explained that the teachers' unions are the money and the power in the Democratic Party, and you've got to be for what they're for, even if it means hurting poor kids and failing schools. Well, other states have been able to pass school choice. Are they all red? Uh, and is it because they're controlled by Republicans, either legislature, governor, or all all three? Well, this is what was so disappointing about this flip-flop uh, from Governor Shapiro, is he really was the one Democrat uh, that it looked like was going to do this. And there have been a lot of major school choice expansions that have passed in the last two years, uh, but they've pretty much all been uh, you know, Republicans with maybe a handful of Democratic votes, but they've all been uh, Republican governors that have done it, uh, when, whether you're talking about Arizona or Florida or Indiana, and most recently Ohio right next door to you, big expansion of their school choice program. These are really all done with Republican votes at the same time. Uh, Democrats have actually been running in the opposite direction. And so Illinois, which had a pretty small school choice program, I think there were about 9,000 kids that got scholarships from it. Well, they killed it. They went to zero. They zeroed it out. Uh, Nevada was an interesting one. There were about 2,004 kids in Nevada that were getting uh, scholarships to go to private schools under a very small program they had there. I think it was $7 million. And the governor, who's a Republican, said, you know, I want to increase this from $7 million to $50 million. And the legislature that's all Democrats said, no, how about zero? And they actually killed the program. They went to zero. And so the, it really is dividing pretty hard along party lines. And um, the, the one exception I would have told you, you know, six weeks ago was Pennsylvania, where we were going to get, you know, a glimmer of hope that this is not something that can only happen uh, where Republicans are in charge, but we might, you know, get all 50 states to give scholarships at least for, you know, certain kids who are in a desperate circumstance. Um, and unfortunately, you know, unless something changes, and, you know, obviously they haven't completed the budget yet, so maybe he'll come to his senses and flop back from the flip. Uh, but unless that happens, uh, the message is kind of going to be this is not something that's going to happen in places where Democrats have any control at all because uh, the power politics of the Democratic Party just don't allow it. Yeah, um, and I've lived in Pennsylvania all my life, and I've lived here in western Pennsylvania most of my life, and I... I know how things are when the Democrats are in charge. I'm surprised that anybody would have thought that Shapiro could make it happen until they actually, I mean, I, I took a I'll believe it when I see it approach to uh, it. You're smarter than I am. You know what? One thing I've learned in politics is uh, it, it never hurts to be too cynical. You can never be too cynical. <laughs> right. So you, 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 got that, you got that one right. I mean, I thought when he went on TV and said he was going to do it and they put it in the budget deal, I thought it was going to happen. Uh, but I was wrong. Well, one thing about politicians, too, uh, Phil, is that they're really good at blaming other, you know, uh, pushing the blame off somewhere else and saying, hey, yeah, listen, don't blame me. I tried, you know. What kind of popular Democratic governor can't get one out of 100 Democrats yeah, right. in the state house to vote right. for something? Does yeah. anyone really believe that? Well, as, as you wrote, uh, one, one vote could have made a difference here. Uh, so who is Matt Bradford, and how did, what, how did he play a role in this? He's the, uh, he's the Democrat uh, majority leader in the state house, and he's also a lawyer whose law firm represents at least nine school districts, and therefore he's kind of on the payroll of the school districts, uh, his law firm getting paid 
uh, to sort of block any school choice from happening. And he really used strong arm tactics. I mean, there were there were probably three Democrats that were for sure going to vote for it, and uh, maybe as many as five more that were at least open to it based on their past, you know, bill sponsorships and stuff like that. And uh, he managed to get them all in line and and to all say that they were against it. And uh, you know, I just think that. It, which is more proof to me, you know, if you think about it, if the governor wanted to get a Democratic vote for this, he could just, he could make, he could go out there and he could say what Bradford did was wrong, that he's, they shouldn't be listening to him, he's conflicted, you know, we've got to do the right thing for the kids, and they'd, they'd flip back. And so I, I think it's uh, it's a combination of the school districts and the teachers' unions having, you know, allies in high positions in the House who could use strong-arm tactics and, you know, threaten people with losing their committees and all that kind of stuff, and they did everything you can imagine, uh, combined with the governor's unwillingness to actually fight for it. And uh, that that's uh, why we're in the situation that, that we're in. But that said, you know, the budget's not done. Mm-hmm. You're potentially looking at a government shutdown, you know, over the next however long, month and a half, two months, as the uh, counts start to dwindle down. And so, you know, if the ha- if the Senate Republicans really want to take this to the mat and fight over it, uh, maybe they could still win. I don't know. I mean, the problem is that um, you know what happens in shutdowns. The same thing that always happens at the federal level. The Republicans will be blamed, yeah. and there'll be horrible headlines against them every day, and then they'll probably cave. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, uh, Shapiro's just been a huge disappointment, not just because, you know, you're going to have you know, whatever the number is, 50 or 100,000 poor kids stuck in failing schools who otherwise would have had scholarships to get out of there because of what he did, but also because uh, this is this really dashes the hopes, I think, of uh, people in any blue or purple states of getting uh, school choice done, you know, unless and until they can elect all Republicans, because this was the one place I thought it could happen this year. Yeah, uh, so who are some of the Democrats who chickened out and and what you said that they use some strong-arm tactics. What are some of the ways their arms were twisted? Uh, you, you just mentioned uh, committee chairmanships, things like that. Uh, you know, I've got. Let me let me pull up my notes okay. because one of my friends in Pennsylvania sent me uh, sent me. Uh, I'm I'm willing to name names. I just want to make sure I get the right yeah. ones for you. Uh, there were. You know, I believe there were as many as eight House Democrats that had sponsored, you know, some version of school choice in the past. Um, the 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 three that I was told were the ones who were actually on board before they got flipped, uh, and I think these are all from Philadelphia area. But you can correct me uh, if I'm wrong on that. Uh, Eamon Brown actually voted for the bill on the floor of the House. Uh, then the leaders of his party told him that if he didn't change his vote, they would take away his staff and his committee assignments. <laughs> okay? Yeah. He renounced his vote after the fact. He said, I voted wrong. I did the wrong thing. He released this tape that looked like a hostage tape, basically. Uh, and, you know, he, he, he didn't want to be, you know, persona non grata and not have any staff and not have any committee assignments. So he, he uh, did the penance of recording this tape. Uh, Danilo Burgos was a co-sponsor, uh, was, you know, actually signed on to the bill. Uh, then he went home and he had a proxy vote, a remote vote authorization that he left with Jordan Harris. And when the vote came up, Jordan Harris voted against it with his proxy. With, so his, with somebody else's vote. Yes, he actually voted Danilo Burgess's vote against it, even though he was a co-sponsor of the bill. So I don't know if Burgos had told him to do that, and he just wanted to, to not show his face mm-hmm. and do it himself. So he did it by proxy, or you know, you have to assume he was okay with it, or he would have gotten nuts, right? Uh, so that one didn't even have the courage to show up and reverse himself in person. He, he sent a proxy in, uh, and and Manny uh, Manny Guzman voted yes, and uh, there are pictures of this on the board. In the House chamber, you can see that he voted yes, and then you can see that before they gavel it closed, uh, Bradford and Jordan Harris and Joanna McClinton yelled at him on the floor of the uh, House chamber for about 10 minutes. Uh, I don't know exactly what they yelled at him, but his vote switched before they gaveled the thing closed. Well, the thing that's amazing about this, we're talking to Phil Kirpin of AmericanCommitment.org. The amazing thing about this is that everything you just described there, the stupidity, the, the uh, dishonesty, the, um, just the immaturity, the, everything about it, it's one thing, it's, you know, it's, a, it's great theater for the media to talk about what, all, the, all the things that happen uh, on the floor of the House or Senate in Harrisburg, 
But everything you just said there had a direct effect on thousands and thousands of parents and kids who are going to be That's stuck so in horrible. really yeah. nasty schools for who knows how much longer. That's what's so horrible about this. Look, I mean, this is not this is not what you know, this is not what Arizona or Indiana or Florida did or even what Ohio did. This is not every kid in the state can go to a private school with your tax dollars, mm-hmm. although I'm for that. This yeah. is this is poor kids in the worst schools in the state. Yeah, the worst fifteen percent go somewhere else. Right, correct. And by the way, the $100 million for these scholarships did not come out of any public school budget because it was separate money in the budget. It was separate money, did not come out of the school's budget. Well, here's, what, here's something that uh, I don't understand. Shapiro only needed to get, as you say, one more Democrat to vote for it and says he couldn't. Every poll shows that, that Democrats and Republicans favor school choice, and in some cases, maybe most cases, by large margins. So why is it good, why does it continue to be good politics for Shapiro and the Democrats to prevent this from happening? I know I it's good to get they, they get their money, but what about this the politics of it? How is this why does it keep working? I think that it's I think it's bad it's bad politics with the voters, okay? But at the end of the day, it's not the main issue that most people vote on and it's good politics in terms of the money and power of the Democratic Party and the union. Not only the, the teachers' unions not only provide a lot of money to Democrats, they provide a lot of volunteer hours. A lot of people are going and knocking on doors. A lot of political muscle as well. And I just think that in 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 a number of states, including yours, uh, that's just been too hard to overcome so far. And by the way, one of the reasons the teachers' unions fight these fight even the smallest choice program. Uh, you know, tooth and nail is they know that once these programs start, they're very popular. And once you give a bunch of kids scholarships, you're probably not going to get rid of them. And so these programs expand over time. They expand and, you know, you get a little, you go a little bit up the income chain, you go to a little bit more schools. And so they will do anything to prevent it from getting started because they don't want people seeing how well these programs work. Well, a judge ruled back in February that the education funding that's in place now is unconstitutional because some districts, I guess, are underfunded. So I guess we should expect more good money being thrown at bad here because the solution is going to be just give us more money? Well, that's what they always say. They say, well, just put just fund more money at the public schools and then they'll be great for everyone. And, uh, you know, I can tell you that some of the very worst schools in the whole country are places that spend the most money. I mean, they're black holes where money goes in and the kids don't learn anything. And so I don't think money, you know, you got to, yeah, obviously, you're not going to run a school with no money, but. Uh, just throwing more money at uh, public schools that are doing a bad job tends not to work. And by the way, um, you know, Catholic schools have much better outcomes with much less money. So it's not about money. It's about uh, doing the actual teaching and uh, having structure and discipline and, you know, yeah. you know focusing on the basics. You, you know what it takes. Well, I went to Catholic school for 12 years. I Believe me, I went, it was a million years ago, but uh, some of the stuff right, I it's see... it's not here, a mystery. It's no. not a mystery how to do it. You know what my favorite thing is, Phil, about the, when, they, when they talk about uh, uh, class size? Uh, when they say that the, the teachers need smaller class, classes, fewer people in each class, and they want like 15 or 16. I'm a baby boomer, and um, I had 50 kids in every class every year. Every year, 50 kids. And there was no issue. It didn't matter. There could have been uh, 300 kids because there was discipline. Nobody messed around. Yeah. We had nuns. We had, we had Christian brothers. You know, it just, it just didn't happen. So that's, that's, the, that's, a, that's a joke. It's just a, ma- a lack of discipline. But I want to, before I finish up here, we're talking to uh, Phil Kirpin of American Commitment um, on another subject. Uh, and I followed you a lot, and this is when I first became aware of what you were doing out there. You were very outspoken on the uh, COVID hysteria from the beginning. Are you feeling vindicated on your skepticism and opposition to lockdowns and masks right now? Yeah, look, I mean, nobody got everything right, but I was pretty close. I yeah. got most of it. I got the big things right. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I, I do think that pretty much everyone now agrees that prolonged school closures, closures were a disaster and never should have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not quite there on them admitting that the masks didn't really accomplish much of anything, but we're kind of getting there. Uh, but, boy, they defend the lockdowns forever, and those are probably the most destructive of all. So I don't know. I mean, I think we've made, you know, I, I feel like reality is pretty obvious, and I feel pretty vindicated. But I tell you, you, you look, the new CDC directors, just like the old one, 
The new White House Office of Pandemic Response looks like more of the same. And so I do worry a little bit. You know, we were very lucky. We had a very mild respiratory season this past winter. I do worry a bit that if we have a nasty one, they're going to try to bring all this stuff back again, at least in the bluer areas where they have control. So, you know, I, I feel pretty vindicated on the facts, but whether um, that translates into this stuff never happening yeah. again, I'm a little bit cautious. I, I'm not sure. Any thoughts on LeBron James' 18-year-old son's cardiac arrest yesterday? Uh, I don't know much about it, uh, you know, but I, you know, I think everyone has the sense that uh, we're seeing a lot more heart problems in younger people than we used to, and you know, I don't know if all the data bear that out or, or what, but it certainly seems that that's the case, and we do have a lot of evidence uh, that relates the vaccines to you know, myocarditis and subclinical myocarditis, and whether that uh, results in more cardiac arrests I don't think has been proven, but uh, it, it certainly may be an issue. I mean, you, but when, when these high-profile events happen, of course, Everyone falls over themselves say it couldn't possibly be related to the vaccine. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we never get any honest analysis, which means we'll never really know uh, whether those connections are there or not. So, and the answer is I don't know, but unfortunately, you know, because of the dishonesty of our scientific establishment and our press, uh, we, we, we can't really know. Uh, we, we won't be told. That's my last question. I, I just you, – you say that you think you've made some progress with um, the stuff that you were selling – uh, about the the masks and the lockdowns and all the insanity, have the media learned? Do you get the feeling that if the next time this happens, and it will happen again, that there might be a little bit more pushback from the media in general rather than just guys like you who are outliers? I think I think we won on schools. I don't think you're going to see long school closures again. I think, and, and that's probably the most important thing to win on because that was probably the most destructive thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if mask mandates came back in a bunch of liberal cities, that wouldn't shock me. I could see that kind of thing happening. So I think we got partial, partial victory, but maybe, uh, maybe on the most important thing. Okay, well, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Hope to have you on again, Phil. All right, sounds good. Have a good one. Okay, that's Phil Kirpin of AmericanCommitment.org. I'll be right back. They are our cuddlers and co-workers, purr machines and love bugs, and constant companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life so much better. When we face unexpected challenges in life, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people who love their pets and the pets who love their people, ensuring these families stay exactly where they belong, together. And you have something to offer. With an open heart and mind, there is nothing you can't do. There's no gesture too small or too big when it comes to helping. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. You can help keep pets and people together. Visit PetsAndPeopleTogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. This is John Steigerwald. You will receive a queen-size MyPillow for $19.98. Regular price is $69.98 and just $10 more for a king size. In addition to this special anniversary offer on the MyPillows, you will also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the queen size MyPillow for $19.98 or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAT. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty, so you know it's going to last, and a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want, but need. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call 800-716-8087. Attention taxpayers. If you or your business owe the IRS back taxes or have years of unfiled tax returns, the IRS has green-lighted billions of dollars in tax relief to those facing financial hardship through its tax relief initiatives. 
If you have a delinquent tax problem and possibly facing wage garnishment, liens, levies, audits, or already in a payment plan, you may now qualify for significant relief. Qualifying and enrolling in this program could stop all collections, settle your tax problem, and may even reduce what you owe by up to 99%. Call the hotline at Tax Help USA to see if you qualify and receive your free tax assessment by dialing 800-419-0017. If you or your business owe back taxes to the IRS or state, you can and now get the help that you need during these hard economic times. Get your free tax assessment to see what you qualify for by dialing 800-419-0017. 800-419-0017. That's 800-419-0017. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, at the risk of boring you, again, if you've heard this before, I apologize. And sometimes I don't think I need to apologize because it's a pretty... Pretty cool story, but today is the anniversary again of something that has happened only once in the history of baseball, and it was um, July 25th, 1956, and it happened at Forbes Field, and I was there, and the Chicago Cubs led the Pirates 8-5 going into the bottom of the ninth inning, and... Um, Roberto Clemente came up with the bases loaded and he hit one out toward the batting cage in center field and it ended up being, uh, well, he came around third base. Bobby Bregan was the manager, but he was also the third base coach. And when Clemente came to third, Bregan put up the stop sign and Clemente just kept on going, came around third and slid into home plate safely. I was seven years old. Uh, my, my dad had season tickets. I think his company had them, actually, on the third base line up on the upper deck, right on the, right on the edge, right in the, right in the front, right on third base. But his uh, practice was to go down to the exit near home plate for the last couple of outs. And we were standing. So I was standing 100 feet from home plate when Roberto Clemente slid in with the inside the park grand slam home run to win the game. It was the only time it's ever happened in Major League Baseball that a guy has hit a walk-off inside the park Grand Slam home run. I was there. I was seven. I won't say I remember it like it was yesterday, but I almost do. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steckerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand. The Yellow Van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.